And now, Canada Hoops, hosted by Maddie Ireland. everybody welcome back to Canada Hoops it's your boy Maddie as always we appreciate your support remember to find us on Twitter Instagram and Facebook like us retweet us and share us and continue to download us on Spotify Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts I just want to send a big shout out to the senior men's national team for going down to Puerto Rico and getting two wins in the FIBA AmeriCup qualifiers. Our guy Kyle Landry came up big in the first game, hitting a game winner. And in the second game, another friend of Canada Hoops, Keza Kajami Keen, was player of the game for Canada with 27 points, 9 assists, leading Canada to another win and helping Canada qualify for the FIBA AmeriCup in 2022. Another shout out to another friend of Canada Hoops, Scott Witter. I've had Scott on an episode of the podcast. Scott continues to be a big support and information for Canadian basketball around the globe. Scott is a big Rob Sacre fan. So Scott, I hope you enjoy the episode, my man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm really excited to welcome this guy to Canada Hoops. He's a former Hansworth Royal out of North Vancouver, Gonzaga Bulldog, Los Angeles Laker, Sunrocker Shibuya from Tokyo, and of course a former national team member for Canada basketball. He is without a doubt one of the funniest and realest hoopers you'll ever meet. He is Robert Sacre. Rob, how you doing today, man? Good, man. How you doing? Good. Appreciate uh, you lining this up with me and... Uh, you know, we got busy lives, like we all said before uh, we recorded, but uh, I'm looking forward to this today. Oh, thank you, man. It was just enjoying life. That's what it's all about. Life is full of problems. Living life is solving them. That's right, man. We're going to get some more uh, sacre uh, idioms in this episode for oh, sure. No man. doubt. No I love doubt. it. I love it. Um, I'd like to ask everybody, man, you know, it's, it's, it's really, uh, it's relevant right now. How of you and your family managed the pandemic and just trying to stay safe and stay healthy? I think it's more staying sane than anything. I'm not trying to kill <laughs> each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, been, it's been good, man. Uh, I'm blessed. I can work from home and, um, and do stuff out in the field and stuff like that with, with my other job. So, no, I'm, we're good, and I'm have time to be with my kids. So this is what I came here for. I like it. Uh, yeah, you just uh, the excavation companies are kind of new for you. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, man. I basically was picking up. Um, I was doing my masters at Gonzaga, and I met this guy through Gonzaga, and he's like, "Hey, man, I I, I saw what he did, and I he said, hey, would you like to learn my trade? Come out and see what I do." And uh, all summer I was working out and every piece of equipment you could think about. It's beautiful weather in the summertime. You're in equipment. You lose track of time. All of a sudden, it's like 5 o'clock and you can go and enjoy a beer, man. That's what it's about. I, I love it, man. That's uh, You're a working man like a lot of us and uh, 
I think a lot of people can relate to that, man. That's awesome. Well, life is good, and like I've been very blessed and fortunate to be able to play this right. game. And so, uh, you know, if I can take advantage of learning something new and growing all the time, why not? Absolutely. And then uh, we'll let the listeners for Canada Hoops know, too, you're on the Sack and Jack podcast. Yep. Leave in the Zags. Um, that's a great podcast. I want to shout that out. Uh, I think a lot of Canadian basketball fans probably follow Gonzaga. Uh, just seems like that's a almost a Canadian school almost. So one hundred percent. I think there's yeah. been one, what for the almost the last twenty years. There's been a Canadian player on that roster each every four years. There's a new Canadian, or they interlap. Yeah, we'll. Uh, I got that set up. Another question. Oh, we'll get okay, it. cool. We'll get it. We'll get into the the Zag stuff. But um, listen, I'm glad to hear you guys are all doing safe there in beautiful Spokane. Uh, Rob, what's um, was basketball always kind of your path in terms of sports? I know your mom was a really good basketball player at LSU, but you know, did she try to get you to do other sports, or was she on you to hoop right away? Uh, I've been very fortunate, like. I was never pressured to play basketball. I just kind of wanted to take advantage of who I am and being tall, you know? Right. And why not take advantage of what God gives you and just run with it. So for me, I just saw it as an opportunity to go somewhere and, and I, I felt like I seized it. And, but I also felt like I was able to be a, a person too and enjoy life at its fullest. Nice. Um, so when you, you know, you start playing basketball and your love for that grows, you know, and you're, you're starting to really hoop, uh, who did a young sack look up to on the basketball court and whose, whose game did you really like? Um, when I look back at the time I, I came, so when I moved to Vancouver, I was about seven and the yeah. Grizzlies were there. So the Vancouver Grizzlies were in town and that's why it's uh, it's exciting to see what's going on with the new Canadian League because it gave me inspiration to watch those guys play live in front of me, you know. And the CELs coming out, and I'm I'm really excited that teams are getting that, uh, our cities are getting that, so young, the youth can watch. And it's cool to see these guys in the NBA because it gives people. I guess, hope and dreams and aspirations to be at the next level. So for me, uh, it's cool to see all the Canadian players in the NBA now. And that's exciting as well as I just, I think basketball is growing. So looking back at that, that question you asked me, um, growing up watching the Grizzlies, I, Stromile Swift, I still have his rookie card, man. Nice. Like, I have like nice. he went to LSU. We had Mahmoud Abdul right. Rauf. We had Chris, uh, Mike Bibby. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who, uh, dude, Lou Edwards, man, uh, Brian Reeves, Sharif. I have a, a yeah. Sharif uh, authentic jersey, man. And when I got nice. to see him at, um, I got to see him at uh, the Sacramento Kings. He was in management. And I straight up said, yo, you're my, one of my favorite guys, man, growing nice. up, watching it. Nice. You know? So I, that, I think it's cool to see where these young guys are coming in. So it gives guys hope and, uh, and belief that they can do it. So that's awesome to see that going on. 
And I know that affected me being able to see Nash coming home, coming from Victoria. And that, that was, it was like, yeah, I can do it too. So there were so many things, man. Oh, that's great. And I mean, you know, you've gotten a chance, I'm sure, to come across a lot of those guys in your time in the league too. So, I mean, that's comes full circle for you being a young kid in Vancouver and then getting to, you know, see these guys through the NBA. Yeah. Um, I was always really big on, as I started really developing the love for Canadian basketball and the program, just getting a sense of, you know, different provinces and their, and their high school scenes. Um, and then, so I'm curious about your time in Hansworth and just what the scene was like in BC at the time. Cause I've heard you on other interviews talk about, you know, you felt like your time playing high school in BC and Hansworth was some of the, the most competitive. Oh, uh, no season, question. Either than BC, right? Legit guys. My, oh, I don't, I can't say much now based off of, I haven't seen the talent in Vancouver. I just haven't been up there enough to see the, what's going on in the basketball world. But to see what's going when I was growing up, yeah, Scott Morrison went to Portland State. You had Tyrell Morrow went to Portland State. You had um, uh, Tyler Kepke, my point guard. Uh, he went to Utah. You know, guys were going places all over the country. Bull Kong went to Gonzaga. Right. And so it was just a – it was a fun time to play basketball in that, I feel, my era. And it was it was really, really competitive. I, I can't speak on this era because I just haven't watched it, but I definitely thought my time was a great time. And I, I'm, maybe I'm just biased. Well, no, that's a good era, a great era, I should say. I mean, um, Tyler had runs with the national team. Uh, Scott's a really good player. Um, you know, he uh, he shouts out the podcast. I know, uh, you know, and you kind of followed right after Levon there, and Levon was that's right setting the, setting the stage for maybe guys in BC, and he's had an amazing career too. And then um, you guys had a big rivalry with uh, Argyle, correct? Oh, huge rivalry because it only only one team could come out of the North Shore. Out okay. of like, and then there was one time, it, whatever the rankings were, I don't can't remember what it was, but it was like three teams were ranked in that period of time from the North Shore in the like top ten or high school basketball or whatnot. So it was a battle for one spot to get out, and it was it was highly like I said that time was really competitive and guys were hungry nice nice well and you had a great career uh you guys won provincials in your junior year sorry your junior year and named mvp of the title game um you know at what point being in high school did you think okay yeah this is definitely my path and sort of my my route i need to go and start getting that recruiting and that that attention well, can I just before we go, can I go back to that high school question oh, real quick? Zach, go anywhere you want, man. Okay. Well, you oh. had me thinking about high school basketball, and I have to give a great shout out to uh, the Bedford Road Invitational Tournament. Okay. That I've was, never heard of it. What? No. I'm going to be straight up with you. I don't think I've heard of it. So let me it's know about it. It's the best high school tournament in Canada. And it's in Saskatoon. Uh, 
Okay. And look it they up, fly in the best. They 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 flew in the best uh, high schools from the west, west okay. of, western Canada, and okay. it was you'd see guys from Alberta. We played. What's the high best high school out of uh, that private school out of uh, Edmonton? Well, Ross Shepard. Uh, Shepard, Jermaine Buckner played there, and yep. he played Ross Shepard. I played Jermaine yeah. Buckner's brother in that in the finals. Like they, that, it was that was a highly competitive high school tournament, and awesome. I just wanted to give a shout out to that before I go on to another question. No, I love it, man. I'm going to look that up. That's uh, I'm I'm always trying to learn new stuff on the Canadian like, thing. They flew in in New York. Jamal Mashburn was supposed to play in that. Oh, crazy, man! No, it's a, it's a it's wild. It's insane, and it's a, and if you look it up, it's standing room only in in that gym. It's wild. It's a crazy atmosphere. It's like packed. The whole town of Saskatoon's in the gym. Well, I'm out in uh, Calgary, so I may have to make a road trip then. Yeah, no, it's a great trip. It was one of the most electrifying high school tournaments, you got to say. And it's in Saskatoon. And if I have an opportunity, I'll definitely go back. I'll go back and visit. Awesome, awesome. All right. Um, where are we at, man? Uh, senior year of high school, you know, big season for you, averaged 25 points, 12 rebounds. Um, you know, what was your recruiting process like at that time, and what were you looking at for offers for schools? I was already committed. I had my stuff. I was done. I didn't need it. I already had committed my junior year, so uh, the, the monkey was off my back. It wasn't even a thing anymore. Did you – um? Because I thought you had said at one point you were maybe looking at going to LSU. I was, my heart was at my heart was at LSU. My mind uh, was Gonzaga, and then at the end of the day, like everything that Gonzaga offered has come true, so I can't complain. Yeah, I mean, um, you're a celebrated Zag. There's no way to put that, and you've you stayed there. Clearly, it's a, a special place, and. Um, you know, you've made a home there with your family. Um, when you're starting your time at Gonzaga, what was, you know, that adjustment like on and off the floor as you get there as a young kid? And, you know, you uh, you had to work through, you broke your foot in your sophomore season. So just getting going, being a Zag, what was that What was that time like? Um, You know what? It was, I always say the metaphor of basketball is like driving. Right. So, like, um, when you're in high school, it's like your first driving. You're out on country roads, dirt roads, you know, parking lots. You're kind of just figuring all out what goes where, you know, how to, you know, what lights to do, all that type of stuff, right? right. And then when you get to the next level, that's like college, and that's like driving in town. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you got to make sure there's that things are moving a little faster. You know, you got people coming in. Uh, you got to make sure you know where everybody's at and like, and you kind of, you get a feel for everything. And that's like college. You, you, you're just kind of getting a feel for everything. And then you, then it gets comfortable. And then that's when I say the NBA is like the 405 in LA. <laughs> right. It's going fast. You got to make quick decisions. People aren't 
telling you, giving you signs, anything. They're just jumping lane to lane. And you got to make quick decisions all the time. Be ready all the time. And that's pretty much how those, uh, that's how I look at it. When I went to Gonzaga, it was, you, you know, you're, you're gradually just trying to figure it all out, just figure out what coach wants. And then for me, I, I, I think I found my work ethic okay. uh, in basketball at Gonzaga. And what was, um, I mean, other guys I've talked to and they talk about their college time and some of their coaches they've had and, They've played for some legendary coaches, and no doubt uh, Coach Few is right up there. Uh, what's it like to play for that guy? Because he just, you know, I've seen him do an interview uh, post-game, and he just was talking about, you know, he was just so proud of his team, and they're just a, a bunch of hoopers that just like to get in the gym and be gym rats. You know, what what's it like to play for, for Coach Few? Um, it's Coach Few. I can you know – he, I've learned so much from that man, mostly off the court. I learned things on the court, but just how to be a, a, a human being. And um, I think I, the older I'm getting, the more I feel like I'm turning into him. Just how he's become so introverted. He's a very introverted man. So he likes to, he, if he's not on the court, he'd rather be fishing by himself, doing that type of stuff. And I end up finding myself doing things like that now the older I get. Um, but Coach Few just uh, – I'm I'm very appreciative of everything he's taught me. Awesome. You know, and um, he, he's taught me so many things about, you know, not being a victim and just um, always working hard. And, yeah, you, you got to make sacrifices. And, and, and if you – and that's what life is all about. And um, – I've learned just so much that I couldn't, I can't, I, I could go on forever about. No, I mean, that's great. I mean, I think um, that's been a topic that I've had with some people the last few episodes, just about the relationships they have with people from the game and what that does for them in life. It's not so much, uh, yeah, you want to compete and you want to win, but those wins and losses come and go and those relationships are what everyone takes away uh, at every level, no matter you know, how far you make it in the game. So I, I love to hear those stories, man. Um, What is it? We're kind of we're staying with the Zags here. What is it about Gonzaga? We talked about it that brings so many Canadian players there. Uh, like is Coach Few just always actively looking north of the border? Like it's just amazing. I think there's a lot of talent that people right. don't look at or don't. And it's in their backyard, so why not take advantage of that? And um, before I got there, there was uh, PMAC, Pierre Altador Cespedes, and Theo Davis. You know, I, I played with those guys, and um, Kelly Olenek, uh, Manny Arap, even uh, uh, Bowl, um, uh, who else? Um, Wiltshire, I know I'm going. There's more and more, and it's just cool. Well, we got we got Pangos and Pangos, Clark, you know, my, yeah, it just goes on and on. And so, um, I think it's just a it's a great school, and we're like we're we're Canadians, so we're easy going, and we can just fit yeah. into 
fit into yeah. a program like that. It's laid back. We know how to work. Canadians know how to work. And it's just the perfect situation, you know? Nice. Well, I want to do a little starting five of Canadians for Gonzaga. So this is, I'll throw this out there. This is my starting five. So I got, I got Pangos. I got Kelly Olenek, Kyle Wilcher, Brandon Clark, and then Robert Sacre. He's playing the five for my, my five Canadians starting for the Zags, man. That's a great, that's a great starting lineup for the national team. Hey, let's do it, man. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and yeah, the, the area in the school is a, a special place. You've settled there, like we said, and raising your family. And um, are you still assisting with the, the fundraising for the athletic department? Like you're still uh, actually, happily involved? No, I finished my master's. I got some things coming up uh, up in Canada that I, uh, I'll announce or it'll be announced next week. I can't say anything as of right now. But, good. Nobody but, listens to this podcast anyway, man. <laughs> but... Um, uh, well, I'll be doing some stuff up in Canada with uh, basketball up there. And um, I, like I said, I got my excavation company. I got my hands in so many damn things. I can't, I just got to write. I got to write. I, I never thought in a million years when they gave it's called an agenda in, in Canada, you know, right? Those yeah, books, yeah. Planners, they call them. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. So. I when I grew up, I was like I. It was always at the bottom of my backpack, all that type of shit. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm cussing, but it's all good. Uh, I get here now with my life, with all the things I got going on. I have to have an agenda, a planner. I'm. I don't go anywhere <laughs> without my planner, and I write things down all the time. Now my life is hectic. Well, that's good, man. You got to stay organized, otherwise, nothing gets done. Yeah. Um. Last about Gonzaga. Do you like the Zags to win it all this year? Look good. No question. Yeah. You don't even need to. That, I'm ashamed. But come on, man. No, I mean, you know. No, you they're say, well, maybe they, maybe they got some issues, but no, they look really tough. It's hard. It's really hard, to be honest with you, just based on they got everything. Like, yeah. what don't they have? They can score from multiple players. They got guys. Oh, they... Drew Timmy's a monster on the block. Uh, um, I'm really excited for this team. I'll be, I'll be really on it. I'll be really disappointed if they don't. And that's straight up. Well, I think a lot of people uh, in Canada are going to be cheering for them. It just seems like everyone's sort of adopted Gonzaga over the years. So go Zags. Let's go. Amen, baby. Uh, Rob, when you turn pro and um, start that process, I'm curious about uh, your NBA workouts and what were those like? Uh, did you have many of those? Oh, I had 15, man. That was a grind. <laughs> oh, man. That was a grind. The craziest thing is I didn't even work out for the Lakers. No, eh? No, that was the wildest part. I was So I when it came to the draft, I was like, um, I didn't, I didn't, I was like, you know what? I've watched four hours of this damn show. Might as well just see who gets the last pick. Best for last, I guess. Well, yeah. So for our listeners that don't know, Rob was drafted 60th in the 2012 NBA draft uh, by the Los Angeles Lakers. But um, so you finally get picked. Describe what that moment was like, man. Just knowing like, hey, my dream came true. I didn't care if I was the last pick. Uh, I was just so fortunate and great. 
uh, blessed to hear my name called. And it truly was a surreal moment. Well, and then it's not like you got drafted by uh, some subpar uh, franchise, man. It's the L.A. Lakers, right? So there's just- yeah, I got to see, you know, when, when I got drafted, like maybe a month later, that's when they uh, traded for Dwight Howard. And then I, right. that's when I was like, I'm winning the championship. We're going to win a championship <laughs> oh, yeah. my first year. Yeah. Um, so going into that summer league before your first year, did they – the Lakers make it kind of clear to you that you'd be signed after the summer league? Like what was, uh, uh, everything was, I didn't know until, uh, another non-guarantee day, whatever that is in, in January. So it was a grind, man. You know, it was some days where you, it was stressful and you know, you don't want to be, you know, you're working hard, but you, at the same time, no one says anything up in front office. They just say good job, but you see guys come and go and it's, that 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 is in your mind, and so you just have to stay hungry and stay motivated during that process. Um, when in that unknown period, were other teams showing interest as well? Because I know, you know, like the summer league, and then coming out of that's a showcase where a lot of other teams. They had, uh, the Lakers had my right, so I can't. I couldn't. Uh, okay. I couldn't go anywhere. Right. Um. So you sign with them. And then you uh, you play in LA for those four seasons in 2016. Um, you know, I've I've kind of yet to really have a guy on or, or another Hooper on who's had maybe just such a you know sort of a not a longevity, but just a tenure in the league, and especially with a team like the Lakers. What um, you know? What are your best memories? Just being in LA. You know, you played with the late great uh, Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace. Um, you know, do you, do you, have you had much time to kind of reflect back on, on your time there? Oh, I have all I have all the time in the world in certain places. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I look back and what a blessing. You know, I got to play with Hall of Famers. Um, I, it just seems surreal. You know, I think about my first game and um, – I remember they said, Rob, you're starting. And I was like, what? Okay. All right, I'm down. And uh, I come out. I look to my left. There's Pau Gasol and Kobe Bryant. I look to my right. There's Steve Nash and Metal World Peace. Oh, my goodness, man. Like, what else can you ask for? Yeah, and you just kind of do what you're told, right? (laughs) Oh, man. I had 10 points that game. I was was jacked. No doubt, eh? Yeah. You know, Steve? Did you know Steve much, uh, like from your time out of BC and Canada basketball prior to that, or was like, have you had many runs with him coming to LA? Paths, but we never were like, I never really knew him like that. Um, I remember he came out and spoke to us one time, but we really weren't, um, we weren't friends like that. But I consider Steve a great friend. He's always. And he's shown my family and myself great, uh, just just how to be a, a great human being. And so I love Nash for a lot of reasons. Nice, yeah. I think, uh, well, he's kind of my basketball hero, I guess, in a, in a sense. And I just, uh, you know, I love what he's done for the game and the country. And I hope they can get him a championship in Brooklyn this year. Um, Zach, can we? Talk a little bit about Kobe and just yeah, um, 
you know, reflect on uh, Kobe and, you know, just it was uh, a tough day for the world with the passing of Kobe and, and Gianna there. And um, maybe we can talk about him as a person and as a player. You got to witness his greatness on and off the floor. Um, you know, what do you remember most about Kobe Bean Bryant? Um, just his willingness to always be great and want to be great and, and be greater. And like, I've never seen someone like driven, whether he was playing or when he was hurt, driven to get back in, in conditioning shape to play. He was always driven and, um, you just, what, what, a what amazing person to just be around because you got to see greatness every day. Right. Well, I know, uh, as I was getting ready to chat with you and, and making notes and I was looking at the Kobe side of things, um, you know, one moment really stood out to me and that was when he tore his Achilles and, you know, he's going to the free throw line and he's going to shoot those free throws. And it was almost like the guy stayed away from him, let him do his thing. But as he's coming off to get off the floor, uh, you're the first guy going to him, you know, give him a little bit of help and kind of give him help him make his way off the floor. So I thought that was a, a special moment and um, maybe gave a little insight to your relationship with the man, you know? Oh, we had a good, we had a really good relationship. Uh, yeah. Uh, we had, we had fun, man, you know, um, I, I can definitely say I've had a couple beers with the guy so we could sit down nice. and talk and I felt nice. comfortable with him and yeah, I love to give him hell all the time. Is Anytime I figure something out to like bug him with, that was my thing. I, but you got to know when to bug him and when not to bug him. But I love poking that bear. Well, he probably appreciated just the fact that uh, you're you, you haven't changed and you know, you just keep it real and I'm sure he knew he what he was going to get with you, right? So I'm, I'm sure he loved that. Always. What um, can we talk about his last game? Just because recently TSN up here in Canada aired his last game uh, on the anniversary of his passing, and uh, I rewatched it, and just watching it again, man, like I was juiced. I would just, I was, I was feeling the electricity. Can you describe that night and just the energy at Staples Center and just Kobe just had that that mojo going. Like, what you know, what was that moment like for you guys as a group and as a team? Well, I remember he was like one for seven or something in that first right. something crazy, right? And then all of a sudden he just turned it on, and then he it was game on, and right. that's that was him, man. That was greatness when it came to like being the show. He knew it. Right. He knew it. Um, he knew that when the lights were on, it was showtime, and I'm, I'm going to give them a show. That night, as uh, you guys were getting ready for that game, you know, as a group, did you guys kind of read much into it um, just with respect to how special the night could potentially be or to just, you know, was Kobe downplaying it or just, you know, what was the vibe amongst the team that night, man? It was crazy, man. It was cameras yeah. everywhere. It was nuts. It yeah, was okay. Wild. It was just 
guys are asking for autographs to him before the game, but you want to keep him in his routine. Like it was just nuts. And so what that was him in a nutshell right there. Like he was, he was the star of the the league and, and like he was the face of the league before any, like he was the face, you know? So just, that last game, we kind of just was like, we'll see what happens and we'll go from there, you know? And then sure enough, he turned it on for everybody. The face of the league turned it on for everyone. Yeah, it was what a special game. And then um, you're right. He was kind of for that era and generation. He was kind of everybody's uh, MJ there. Right. So, um, well, after a cup of coffee, uh, with the New Orleans Pelicans, and after you finish up in LA, you signed to play with the Sunrockers Shibuya in Japan. How did uh, how did Japan come about, and how did that that opportunity come about for you? Well, after my last year in LA, I didn't play that much, right? And so I decided I just needed to go somewhere that I can play. I didn't really care where. Whatever was the best deal, send me there. I'm I'm gonna get on the next plane. I just want to play, and ended up in Tokyo, and loved it, man. Loved the league, B League. It, it, it just merged two leagues together to create the B League, and I was fortunate enough to be a part of, like, I think, the second season. So, um, uh, just a great atmosphere. The people are so nice, and. It, I, I could be there for another 10, 15 more years easily. Right. And um, they they kind of like the Japanese fans love the big guys, eh? They kind of they go nuts for the big men. Well, they don't have a lot of size over there. So all the bigs, all the bigs go over there to play. Because right. let's be real, the back to the basket basketball is not, it's not the NBA anymore. So most of those guys who are taught, especially my generation, yeah. run to the hoop, post up, get on the block. What are you doing out there? That was like, what are you doing out there? Right. Guard, get your butt on the block, you know? Yeah. All those guys, had to, we had to go play over in Japan, and there's still guys going over there, and it's great to see the talent that's over there. Dexter Pittman, uh, Nick Fizikis, um, Kennedy Meeks. Just guys going over there ready to play, and it's a good league. Um, can we get into the dunk contest? Oh, absolutely, man. What uh, can we keep it real? You had a, a little too much to indulge in the night before, or what? Yeah, the night before, I just was uh, let's call it <laughs> what it is. I, I, I took advantage of the all star weekend, and uh, yeah, and when I got uh. When I got up that morning, Lord have right. mercy, it was uh, it was not where I needed to be. You uh, on the clips, man. Like they're they're kind of infamous, famous, whatever you want to call it, in the Canadian basketball circle. But um, you can tell, perhaps, maybe you didn't want to be there. And you know, <laughs> well, I was already all star. I was already in the all star game, and then they asked me to do the dunk. I'm like, y'all, you know, I can't do this. But I was like, you know what? All right, man, whatever. I'm in. Right. And and then the crazy part was that happened 
and I thought I was going to go viral. Like the next day, I was like, oh, "It's going to be bad." Like <laughs> I'm going to hear right. this a lot. It disappeared, and it was gone for like two months. And it, I there was one. I woke up, and all of a sudden, everyone. My phone. I had like 30 texts on my phone. Like, what is this? And I was like, what's going on? And so I opened up my Instagram and I'm seeing I'm going viral. I'm like, what is going on here? Hey, yeah. man, this is how I am, I guess. No, I love it. And so I'll, I'll let the listeners know uh, if you haven't seen it, you got a YouTube Rob Zachary uh, in the dunk contest in Japan. It's uh, maybe show some humility on, you know, it lets everyone know you're a carefree guy. Oh, man, too much yeah. carefree, I think. And uh, on your Twitter account, and for uh, listeners that don't know, we got Water the Bamboo. Yep. So Water water the Bamboo came. Uh, is it safe to say that's sort of a mantra for yourself? I live by it. I have it tattooed on my wrist. I uh, What the Japanese do, they'll plant bamboo for three years, and for three years they'll water it every single day. Every single day. And... And in the fourth year, it'll grow six feet in three months. Right. So the whole analogy or metaphor is basically just water, water your bamboo, water, even though it might seem monotonous and boring or whatever, whatever you have to do, it, if you keep doing it over a course of period of time, you're going to see massive growth. So I live by that throughout everything I do in life. I love it, man. I love it. I think uh, people can take that and, you know, absorb that and say, yeah, it's about just the process and, and getting better every day. Absolutely. But the thing is, we, as human beings, and we can get deep if you want, but as human beings, we want instant gratification. Right. So the whole idea is you're not going to see that every single day and yes it's going to feel it, it's going to be cold outside or it's, you're going to have elements that are going to be making it tough but if you just consistently work you will you'll succeed and you'll reach your goals well i like it and i think uh if you're cool with it i'm gonna hashtag water the bamboo when i share this uh, episode there i yeah. think that's a i think that's a great mindset uh Rob, you played for uh, Canada at both the junior and senior level. Uh, most notably, you played with the senior team at the 2010 uh, FIBA World Championships in Turkey. And then uh, you were part of the, I guess, the much-discussed uh, FIBA Americas Championships in Mexico, which was when Canada had that tough loss. And Canadian fans uh, go back and forth on that game. Um, I'm sure they do. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Well, well what, is, what is the Well, no, it, it's, it's um, you know, just missing out on qualifying for real, right, in, in that game. And then a um, bit of a younger squad. And then uh, uh, fans that consider themselves purists of, of Canada basketball it was the best. We can just straight up say it was the best talent group of talent Gonzaga's or not Gonzaga, Canada basketball has ever had on one team. I won't disagree with that at all. And then uh, there were some tough uh, situations at the end of the game, and uh, we, you know, we missed out on qualifying. But 
Um, what are you, what are your best memories representing Canada? Like forget that game or whatever, but just, um, you know, you got a chance to play with some great people through the program. Uh, you know, maybe some of your favorite teammates and maybe making connections with guys you didn't know that well before. Uh, I love your story about being a roommate with Shep uh, one time there and Javon's, uh, you, you talked to him about on his podcast and you're just like, he's like, I ain't having this guy as my roommate. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me put my little monster away real quick. Come All good, man. Thanks, buddy. Take it outside. Thank you. Here. Uh, that was my three-year-old. Um, I love it, man. It's, uh, we're low-key here. We're all family, so. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, just Canada basketball and those old memories, man. Man, now Javon is one of my good friends, you know, and like the guys I, I played with, um, I'm so fortunate to say, you know, I built so many friendships throughout this whole period of time. Right. And just, I don't think people really get to see the other side, like college Canadian hoopers and like Carl English was one, another guy that no one really talked about. He was talked about, but, and he was a legend, but once he went overseas, people didn't give him the credit that he deserved because he's one of Canada's like, to me, pioneers, really. I, I hate to say it I, on this just because he gets I, I don't want to give him too much credit because I, I love the guy, but I can't give him too much. But to me, he's one of the first pioneers in real Canada basketball. Well, I don't know if you've uh, had a chance to kind of look at the episode list for Canada Hoops here, but Carl was uh, gracious enough to be our first guest. And uh, he's kind of allowed me to have a connection with him over the last couple of years because I was always trying to follow his career. Uh, and it was hard when he was overseas kind of right. before social media and stuff, but I knew right. who Carl was. Right. And um, and he was so – uh, he was one of the most talented shooters you could ever – unbelievable, pure shooter. Yeah, he's uh, he's a friend of Canada Hoops. Uh, I was so fortunate to have him on, and when I was looking at launching the podcast, he was like the guy I had in mind for my first guest, and he just uh, – He's treated us very well, so nothing but love for Carl. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, when you haven't been through the program and played with a lot of great players, you know, what's your what's your take on the talent growth of the game in Canada and especially, say, the last 10 years where we've had guys go number one and now we're looking at, you know, guys putting in the work in the league. Um, did you just – could you have ever – you were right in there in the thick of it, but could you ever imagine it would be where it's at now? I think the goals that Canada basketball had strived for, I think they now, they are re especially with women's Canada, uh, Canadian hoops, it's incredible. Uh, but um, in Canada basketball in general, the men's side, I can speak on. And... Um, yeah, you see all this talent, man, and they've they've inspired all these guys have inspired younger players to be these superstars. You know, Barrett, he's right. unbelievable, and 
who right. who was his godfather, Steve. You know what I mean? Like right. that. So just looking at that whole time and what's going on now, it's incredible. And I think come future, we should be competing against the U.S. because we have that talent. We should be net. We're, we should be next in line, if not fighting for that gold eventually. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's, um, you know, it's an exciting time. We need some things to line up um, and the world's kind of a tough place. Hopefully uh, the Tokyo Olympics can go this summer and um, hopefully we see Canada qualify and we can have our, our best playing. And um, there's been a lot of talk just with the growth and that now, you know, other guests that I've had on, it's just the access that, you know, kids have to the game now. And you, you can look at um, every night, there might be five or six NBA games on, um, you know, you're going to watch half a dozen or, or 10 Canadians a night playing and putting work in, in the league. And if you go back 10 years, you know, that was never the case. You would get a one or two games a night if that, and now multiple uh, Canadians are playing every night. So I just think it's the growth that way has been incredible. And uh, you mentioned the CEBL. That's been a big thing for guys to be able to play at home. And I've had guests talk about that too. And just grassroots and just having kids see the game at a high level right in their town and their cities. So it's it's an exciting time for the program in the country, no doubt. Um, you know, being a guy that has had a role an impact in growing the game. And, you know, it's, it's safe to say you were a guy that kids looked up to and, you know, seeing what you did in your career. Do you, do you look back at your time with the program and being a Canadian basketballer and are you able to take a little pride in, in being a, a player that paved the way for, for Canadian talent? Man, I'm just trying to be me and, I, and, <laughs> and, uh, um, if I can help somebody out, absolutely. You know, that's that's how I look at it. Um, it's not trying – I'm not trying to uh, be somebody I'm not. So my whole thing is if anybody wants to learn from my mistakes and my – whatever you want to say my career was, please learn from it. But that's – I'm just me, man. I like it, man. You're keeping it real, and I think that's what people – enjoy about you the most um rob uh, everybody that comes on i like to ask them you know who their top five for canada basketball is of all time oh can be any player any generation male female don't matter okay it might be by you, you, you can throw yourself in there too nah i'm all right i'm, I'm uh i'll do kelly olenic Okay. Steve Nash. Yep. I was going to throw out how how far do you know Howard Kelsey? I know the name. <laughs> I, I, no, I do. I do. I know. Um no, nah, I but I wouldn't put Howard in there even though he's up there for me. Um I would do Steve Nash. Do you got to put Todd McCullough? Last I love time. it. Yeah, last, you about last time we were in the Olympics, Todd McCullough was on that team, right? Big Todd, yep. Yeah. Um, ooh, I got to go now into Toronto or somewhere. 
back east. Rowan Barrett, you know. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I'm just thinking about all those guys that were in that Olympics. Really, I'm basically naming those guys. Joel Anthony. There you go. I like it. That's a. You know what? And Corey, I got to put Corey Joseph too. Corey Joseph is a legend to me in Canada basketball. Yeah, he um, he gets thrown out there on the five a lot, and uh, I got mad love for Corey. He was kind of a next pioneer, so to speak, after Steve, and he just he always does whatever he can to uh, suit up for Canada, no doubt. No matter if he's played in the finals or what, he'll always suit up, and I, I have a lot of I have a lot of respect for that. No, it's great. Uh, there's a lot of talent over the last. Uh, well, whatever, you can go 30 years, 40 years, but uh, there's so many great players. Sack, uh, uh, any shout-outs? Thank yous to anyone, man, before we, we get um, All the people that have been in my life, especially, you know, my high school days in Canada to get to me where I got now, I'm, I'm very grateful and I'm very blessed to have these people, you know. Nothing – Nothing is just given to you. You don't have to work towards it, but you definitely you need people to help you out. So I'm very grateful for all the people in my path that helped me. Well, that's great. Uh, well, I want to thank you, uh, Zach, for joining us. Uh, I was really excited to sit and chat with you and have this conversation. I knew it would be uh, full of laughs, and uh, you know we appreciate everything you've done for the community and Canadian basketball. And, uh, you know, you'll always be a friend of Canada hoops, man. Much love to you. Oh, I appreciate that, man. Thank you very much. And I hope just let me know. And anytime you need me, I'm here. Yes, sir. We appreciate that. All right, brother. You have a good one. Thank you. Take care. All right. That's a wrap on another episode of Canada hoops. I want to thank Rob Sacre for pulling up. I want to thank you for listening. Continue to download us. Like us, share us. We appreciate your support. Until next time, I'm your boy, Maddie. Thank you for listening to Canada Hoops.